0: you say hello to the people around you this morning we're glad to have you here with us just greet each other as we continue away this morning. God is here with us. It is, when we sing to the Lord this morning, he is smiling down on us because we are giving praises to him. So let's continue this morning with Christ is enough for us.
1: I could ever sound
2: Crossroads. We're glad you're here this morning. I'd like to ask you this time to please pass the friendship folders down the aisle. We're glad that you're here today. Um, God has been doing great things in the church. We're excited about all that He's doing. Our mission here at Crossroads is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for your commitment to that, for your commitment to be here and just being a part of the movement of God, what God is doing here at Crossroads. Um, just, just a few announcements. Our Wednesday nights are back up in action. Um, our, our kids ministry, Canopy Kids, the, uh, the Clubhouse Kids was just overflowing this week. Wonderful to see all that. Thank you for all the, the minister, children's ministry helpers down there. They're doing a fantastic job down there. And then over in the, uh, at the Connect students, we moved them out of Straight Street into the gymnasium, uh, because they've been a growing group and we're, we're just experimenting with a few thoughts up here through the winter. So, uh, they'll be meeting in the gym. And I'll tell you what, this past Wednesday, there wasn't a place in the church that wasn't used. There was a small group was even meeting in my office. It was just, and uh, I was thrilled to see all that happening here at uh, at Crossroads on Wednesday night. So I want to encourage you to to come out and get involved, and uh, there's also a men's group that meets and a woman's group that meets up here at the church, and then we have life groups that are happening for adults. So if you'd like to get involved in a life group, um, please see Rhonda, my wife Rhonda, or you can also... Go to the church website. The information's in the bulletin, crossroadsministries.com forward slash life groups. We'd like to start as many life groups as we can. Right now we have over 100 people in life groups. God is doing something new in our church, and it's fantastic. I I just can't get over when I get into a group and I hear what God's doing in people's lives. It's just so encouraging to just to fellowship and be with other believers. So I want to encourage you, please step up and jump into a group. And uh, sign up, and, uh, and, and we will help you find, connect to a group. And again, we're going to be creating more and more new groups uh, throughout the next month or two here. And uh, that's our goal. Our goal is for everybody in the church to be in a group. If we can get everybody in community, into biblical community, where you're sharing and somebody's caring, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. So be praying about jumping into a group there coming up here uh, shortly. And so uh, uh, just a few other announcements here. Our next slide you'll see coming up there. Our birthday gift to Jesus, look at that. It's gone to $110,664. Let's give our God a hand. What an awesome God, huh? I, I, you know, I am just amazed when God does things like that. Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. We asked you to pray for 80,000. And ask you to pray about your part and look what God has done. God has used you to supply over and above our regular tithe and offering 80, not just 80, but 110, nearly 111,000. So we just want to thank the Lord. You know, we're going to be sending those checks out. Everything that has come in, everything that's won over, will all go to missionaries and we're excited about that. Uh, as, as we're able to help the missionaries around the globe, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and Jonathan Fowler, who was—he came here as a teenager, was in our youth group. I baptized him here in the church when he was in high school. He's out in—I uh, believe it's in Panama now—and uh, he's on our list. And so I, I was—I uh, was watching he come up, and it had this big old snake on there, and uh, his his caption was, "It's a boa," and I was thinking, "Wow, what a different world he has to raise his little kids in." I was worried about daddy longleggers in the basement, you know? And uh, he's got boa constructors on the driveway. So, uh, let, let's just be, continue to be in prayer. I, I want to encourage you to take that list. Uh, that you have. I know you've taken home, you've been praying over it. Continue to pray over those missionaries. And just maybe, maybe you're not praying over them every day, but one day a week you're praying over those missionaries. And let's just ask God to continue to touch those lives and, and uh, all around the world and be an encouragement to those, pastor, to those missionaries and pastors, orphans. You know, when you think about it, we're helping orphans in the Philippines, helping orphans in Haiti, uh, we're we're helping people all over the world. What a wonderful thing! So let's give our God a hand for that. We just we thank God for that. That's that is amazing. I I I am always. Uh, it's what a joy it is to be to sit and watch God work and just to watch Him do His will in our church and in our lives. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, today we'd like to welcome you all, all of our guests. If you're a guest here today, welcome to Crossroads Ministries um as we receive our morning offering i would like to call our ushers forward at this time as we receive our offering this morning if you are a guest uh, please feel free to let this pass you by this is for those that are growing regularly in the grace of giving and uh if you are a guest please stop by our welcome center we have a nice uh little gift we'd like to give you thank you for for coming today so let's go to the lord in prayer shall we as we prepare our hearts to give to the lord our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for all that you're doing in this place. God, you're moving mightily, and I just ask that you'll continue to work, Lord. Continue to move in, uh, in the ways that only you can move. And Lord, I ask now that you'll, you'll be upon our people as they give to you, as they respond to your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Just one other announcement before the, before the music continues. There's just one other announcement I failed to mention as the offering comes your way. Uh, be in prayer for Carol Derrens. Carol Derrens has been our faithful housekeeper here at the church for over 35 years. Her husband went on to be with the Lord this week, and uh, he'll be laid out uh, tomorrow and uh, with a funeral on Monday. And uh, that's at a funeral home in Beechview. You can get the information in the foyer. Uh, but I want you to please pray for Carol Derrens, all right? God bless you. Mmm. <laughs>
1: Your praise will ever be on my lips.
0: so much for giving us the opportunity to just gather together because we are your children. You came, you died on the cross for us. You rose again from the dead and you are even now preparing a place for us in heaven because you loved us first for God so loved the world. We thank you so much again for the opportunity to come before you today, Lord, as Ken opens your word and just let us glean from it. Let us hear your voice. Let us soak it into our hearts so that we can be prepared. To live the journey you've given us and to share the gospel, the great news of Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise your name, for you are worthy of all of our praise. Amen. Let's sing that one last time. Just sing it to Jesus. Your praise will ever be on my
2: Reset. We want to take 2017, and as we begin the year 2017, look at some areas of your life and help you to reset some of those areas. Wouldn't it be nice if there were a button just to go hit reset on your life, you know? Um, you know when, when you call tech support, the first thing they tell you to do is to pull the plug, you know, reset this machine. And so today, we're going through, and in the next few weeks, we're going to look at a few areas of your life where you can reset your life. Uh, last week, we looked at one of the greatest areas of reset in your life is to start a relationship with Jesus. We said that he came not just to change your behavior, but to change you, to make you a new creation. And 2 uh, Corinthians 5.17 says that, uh, that if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you, uh, once you come to Christ, if you open your heart and start a relationship with Jesus, you are a new creation. And then he tells us to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. And as we said last week, that the problem with the living sacrifice is that we have a tendency to crawl off the altar. All right. It's like we're alive and we just kind of fade away sometimes. And, and it's, it it happens in all of our life. We start out, we're so strong in certain areas of our life. We do really well. And then all of a sudden we just kind of, kind of drift off. So that's why I want to talk about resetting. Uh, God, God has done some really good things in your life. And, uh, and we just kind of want to reset it. We want to get a fresh look at some areas of your life. Maybe last year was a good year for, in many ways. Maybe it was a bad way in many ways. I, I want you to be able to take and take this time and look and say, how can I reset for some growth in my life? What areas of growth can I look at? Today, we're going to look at the area of your time. You know, time is, uh, is one of our most... Val- I think it's our most valuable commodity... It's something that, uh, that we have a limited amount of. But uh, if you're a parent and you're running with your kids, you know that you wish you had more time, don't you? Uh, you're, you're running around and uh, you're you have kids going all different directions And you're just trying to keep up with the pace of life uh, Trying to keep up with their homework trying to keep up with their extracurricular activities Trying to keep up with fun and building memories And uh, at the end of the week you are just exhausted and tired and you wish there were another day in the week Just so that you could have a day to rest um, if you uh, if your kids are grown you, uh, you can be caught up with other things. You can become caught up with work. You can become caught up with your grandkids. You can become uh, caught up with so many things. And there are just so many activities. You know, our world has given us so many th- options. I, I know when our kids were little, um, you know, I, I see people today before their kids were even in uh, in school age, in, at the preschool age, they, they have like little gym classes and all these things. And I, I, I don't know, maybe that stuff existed when my kids were little. I just don't remember it as prevalent. But today it seems like everybody is busy from the, from the time your baby's born. It's like you got about six months and then off you go running. And we just are running a pretty fast-paced life. So today I'd like to talk to you about your time. Uh, no matter what phase of life that you're in, time is, is an issue, and that's for sure. And as, uh, as we get older, we're more more aware of, uh, of the amount of time that we have left. Have you ever said to yourself, where did the time go? You know, that's a real common statement when we're thinking about time. Boy, where did the time go? Or here's another one, time flies when you're having fun. Did you ever say that to yourself? Typically, you say that when you're not having fun. Did you ever notice that, you know? It's like, yeah, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, th- this, is, th- this is an area where, where I think that a lot of people are struggling in today's world, and that is our time. Our time is, uh, is valuable, but yet we're, we're, so, uh, we're so maxed to the edge. We're, we're like just running nonstop. Today, I'd like to look at some of the writings of Moses to help us understand a little bit of time. If you have your Bible, flip over there to, um, to Psalm chapter 90. We're going to go there in just a moment. But I want to give you a little bit of background to Moses. Why, why could Moses speak to us about time? You know the story of Moses. Many people have heard Moses. He was the, the great leader of, of Israel, uh, t- took the nation of Israel out of Egypt and a great leader that God used. How does he know about time? Well, he lived to be 120 years old. He lived to be 120 years old. And there's an interesting verse here over in Deuteronomy 34.7. It says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. (laughs) I want you to think about that. He's 120 years old and yet he can see really good till the day he died. I, I, I haven't hit 50 yet, folks, and I have these little toys, you know. Uh, i get i buy them by the dozen they're everywhere these little cheater glasses right he was 120 and had great vision Uh, he was 120 and he was as strong as ever and what the verse is telling us that moses served god all the way up till the day he died and 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 he wisely used his time and at 120 years old god said it's over it's time i have a new plan for the nation of israel uh, let, let's go look back at the first 40 years. You can take Moses' life and divide it up into three periods of 40 years. The first 40 years, he was born as a baby. Uh, his mother puts him in a basket, sends him down the river. One of the, uh, one of the daughters of Pharaoh comes out, rescues him out of the water, and raises him. He's a Jew, and the Egyptians are raising him. And so he grows up in the palace. He grows up in the in the action. I mean, he is in the epicenter of all the action, and uh, and he knows everything about Egyptian life. and And now, as an adult, he starts to understand the the slave life, and he understands that he's really a part of the Jews. He's part of the people of the Jewish Jewish faith of, of Jewish descent, and he understands that that his people and he really should have been a slave as well. But here he was, he, he, God had a different plan for his life and he was raised inside the palace of the Egyptians. And one day he goes out into the courtyard and he sees a, 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 a slave master taking on, taking on one of his, uh, one of his people and, uh, and he reacts with violent anger and he kills the man. And then he goes off and he has to flee. And for the next 40 years, Moses spends the next 40 years out in the wilderness. He's tending sheep, he become a shepherd. And as a shepherd, he's just kind of, you know, imagine how, how much his life changed. He went from the epicenter to nowhere. He's watching sheep. He gets up, and the day changes. And it's another day. And it's, it's day after day, watching these sheep, day after day, day in, day in, out. And he's had a drastic change of life. But it was when he turned 80 years old that, uh, that God gets a hold of him. And God says, hey, Moses, I have a plan for you. I want you to do something. I want you to go lead my people out of Egypt. And so he goes through the whole reasons why he couldn't, but God ends up using them. He goes down and God uses them through all the plagues and, and, and all that, all that rich history there. And he leads his people out of Israel. I uh, leads his people out of Egypt, takes the Jewish nation of Israel out of, uh, they're no longer under the slavery of Egypt and they go out and, and, and they wander through the desert for 40 years. And I like to often refer to this last 40 years that he's still shepherding. He's shepherding the sheep of Israel. He's, he's watching these people as they wander around this, this uh, wilderness for 40 years. At one point early on, the, the God was about to take them into the promised land, but through a lack of faith, they didn't, they didn't make that decision. And, and God made them wander for 40 years and a whole generation passes by. And so Moses can tell us a lot about time. Uh, being 120 years old, he saw a whole lot of time. He saw a whole lot of history. Look here at, at Psalm chapter 90, verse 1. Uh, this is a prayer of Moses. And uh, look, look what he says. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. This morning, think with me about that name right there, dwelling place. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. That's a, a name, a title that we can give to God. He is our dwelling place. You think of the nation of Israel as they wandered around the, around the wilderness for 40 years? The wilderness wasn't their dwelling place. He says that the Lord has been our dwelling place. And he comes back to him, he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you, or you, or before you brought the earth and before you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He makes a statement about time here. He says, from eternity past to eternity future, you are God. Before this world was ever made, God, you were there. Wow. I, and Moses is reflecting here about how big God is and how small he is. How finite we are, how infinite God is. And he says, God from everlasting before the world. What a beautiful way he says it there. Uh, you know, I thought, I, I was thinking about how he He wrote this prayer to the Lord. I thought, wow, uh, one day maybe I should sit down and write some prayers to the Lord. Beautifully well thought words, isn't it? Before the mountains were born, or, or before you brought forth the, the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting you are God. I love when we sing that song in church, from everlasting to everlasting because he is God. Uh, You you turn men back to dust saying, return to dust, O sons of men. He says, God, you hold our life in your hand. Uh, he, He tells us, he says, God, basically what he's saying here is that God, you have our days numbered. God, you tell men to go back to the dust from where they came. God knows the day that you will be born and he knows the day that you will die. And, and you can't do anything about either one of those. You can go out and try and improve your health. You can work at it. You can do everything under the sun. But God has a plan. And God knows everything about your life. And, and the psalmist there, uh, the Moses here, as he's praying to the Lord, he says Lord, um, he says, Lord, you turn men back to dust. It is you. You're the one who's in charge. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. Uh, One thousand years to the Lord. Peter quoted this in his writings. If you look up Peter in the in the New Testament, Peter said, "A day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day." This is where he got it from, from Moses. Moses says, "A thousand years in your sight are like a day that's just gone by." Uh, you, you know, you, you know how it is. You long for something, you're anticipating a particular event, and then all of a sudden, the event is over. Do you ever do that? You know. I guess we all just did that Christmas, right? You know? You you, you wait and you wait and you wait, and then wow, it was there. Where you you, you prepared for vacation, you you thought about it for months, and then you get there and it's gone. Well, that's what the scriptures say here that a thousand years to God is like that. It goes by like that, it goes by fast. But for us, a thousand years seems like, well, it is forever to us, isn't it? None of us will live to be a thousand. He says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day, or it's also like a watch in the night. He takes it a step further. Watch in the night was three hours. For three hours, he said, it's like three hours in the hand of an almighty God. Time in the hand, from everlasting to everlasting, a thousand years is like like three hours. And it goes by quickly. He says, You sweep men, you sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning though in the morning it springs up new by evening it is dry and withered he's talking about the cycle of life he's talking about the brevity of life here uh, you know you, the the grass grows you cut it and, and and it blows away that's how quickly our life goes by our life goes by rather fast and and yet we we don't often see it like that do we we, we sometimes think that we have forever Sometimes we live like we're never going to die. Sometimes we live like there will never be an end. And, and I, you know, I, I'm always thinking about that. And I think the, the older that you get, the more you begin to think about when it's going to end. When you're younger, you don't often think about that. When you're older, you're, your options are less of what to think about, aren't they? <laughs> uh, you, you, you have less birthdays to count. You know, you know that. Why? And look here. Look what he says here. He says, We are consumed by your anger, terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your presence. All of our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. And he's talking about how that you can't escape God. We can't run, can't hide. In the brevity of our life, we can't hide from God. God knows what's going on. God's there. And so he's giving us a little glimpse into his character. Verse 10, the length of our days is 70 years. Or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Our lifespan, 70 or 80 years if we're strong. 70 or 80 years if we're strong. They quickly pass it by. They fly away. It's, it, it's like that. James said that life is like a vapor. It's like when you go outside in the cold, that little bit of steam that comes out, that's your life. It's like a vapor. It seems so long, but it's here and it's gone. For who knows the power of your anger? For your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. And what he's saying here, he's he's basically coming and saying, if we could just understand who you are, if we could just focus on how great that God is and put our focus on you, here we are, we're in time. You're in eternity, God, everlasting to everlasting. And here I am in my little world. If I could just stop and focus in on who you are, I would have a whole lot more respect for you. I would have a whole lot more fear for you. I would have, my life would change what I do, how I live would change a whole lot more because I would have an understanding of you and not just of my short life. He says here, teach us, verse 12, teach us, to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God has your days numbered, and He's asking you to number your days. What does that mean? He wants you to take your days. You you only have so many days. He wants you to take the time that He has given you, and He wants you to use it wisely. He wants you to invest into people, and he wants you to pour in, into others. Teach us to number our days. What he's saying here is, he's saying, "I want you to live with the end in mind." If I could live with the end in mind, how different would my life be? I think all of our lives would be greatly different if we could live with the end in mind. There's a uh, there's a website out there. It's uh, it's it, it's it's called the Death Clock. And uh, I know you're saying, what are you doing looking at the death clock, right? Uh, you, you go out there and you can, you can put in, and I think insurance companies use different formulas. There, there's a number of them out there. But you put in your age and, and your weight and your height and your outlook on life, stuff like that. And uh, much to my surprise, I, I put mine in. You know, I was expecting it to say, you shouldn't be here, right? But uh, I, I put, put it in and it said, you're going to be 84 years old. And my wife's like, I don't believe that. No way. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it's, it, you know, w- you're looking at that. If you could know, if you knew the day that you would die, your whole life would be different. You, you would live differently. Uh, you would pour into the people around you so much differently. You, you would, you would have, your relationship with God would take on a whole new meaning, wouldn't it? Because you would know that the end is coming. But yet we, 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 we tend to live like we're never going to go. We tend to live like all this stuff is going to last forever. We tend to live like our job is more important than anything else. We tend to live like temporary things are eternal, and they're not. And so you get to take, and what God's telling you, he's saying, teach the, Moses is saying to the Lord, teach us, Lord, to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He says, teach us how to live with your view in mind. God, I want, I want your view of my life. How do you view of my life? And, and so, Lord, teach me how to live with your view in mind because God's view, he's from everlasting to everlasting. And Moses comes before the Lord and he says, everlasting to everlasting. Um, the grass withers, that's how people die. This thing's so short. Um, God, he, and he's, what he's doing is he's making a comparison. He's comparing the eternal God your brief life when you're 15 years old you're not thinking about that when you're 39 years old you're not thinking about that and some of you have been 39 years old for 20 years out there you're still not thinking about that right 39 39 39 every time you have that 40th birthday you're not going to flip over right Uh, we're 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 just we're, we're not it's not natural to go there but Moses says Lord I understand who you are You're eternal. You don't live on time. We live on time from everlasting to everlasting. You were there before the world was made. We can't even comprehend that. How could God always be? He's eternal. He's everlasting. He always was. He's eternal. He'll always be. God's given us just a few years here. 70, 80 if we're strong. Uh, Moses made it to 120. Time is an interesting thing. Uh, here, here's what you have in a day. You have 24 hours in a day. That translates to 1,440 minutes every day. I want you to think how, how many minutes you, you, can, you can use, how you, how you can spend your minutes. You look at hours, minutes. Now let's go down to seconds, all right? There's 86,400 seconds in every day. So sometimes we look at our life and we say, well, I don't have time. Well, we do have time. The reality is, I don't make time. I, I, I don't. The reality is, I, I don't, I don't want to do certain things. I have time to do everything. I, I have the time. I don't have time to do everything, but I have the time to do what's necessary, what's important. And so, as I come here, I look at my life and I say, okay, these are the, these are the minutes that I have, the seconds that I have right now. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed this evening. I'm guaranteed right now. And so as, as, as we have time, we need to set goals. We need to make plans. And God's going to be the one who's going to direct those plans. But as we come and you start to look at your days, in other words, make today count. Make today count. What you do today matters. What you're planning to do tomorrow matters. And, and, and look over here at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15 um paul tells us here he says be careful be very careful he's talking to a group of uh of new believers here he says be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil Uh, don't be involved with foolishness redeem the time because the days are evil therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is uh, therefore, don't, don't give your life to foolishness. Give your life to things that are going to matter, to what is going to count, what is going to, what, what is going to have value. What will have value? Your family. What will have value? Your relationship with God. What, 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 remember last week we talked about that? Uh, I put up heaven. We said that there were two realities. We live in this world and then there's the reality of heaven. So we have the world and we have heaven. And I think that's a constant struggle because we're going back and forth, back and forth to go from the world into heaven. And so while we're here in this world, we are thinking about things that, that are very temporary. But the Apostle Paul said, think about things that are eternal. Think about your citizenship. And so as you come today, he says for you to number your days. And look why he says to number your days. He says that we may gain a heart of null, of wisdom that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Uh, redeem the time. Why should you redeem the time? Why should you count the days? Why should you number your days so that you gain a heart of wisdom? Now that word there, redeeming the time, uh, redeeming the time, that, I love the word redeem. Redeem means to buy back. Uh, When God saved you, he redeemed you. He took you and everything about you, all your mistakes, all your shortcomings. He says, I love you as you are, and I'm going to redeem you. He bought you back. And God here says for us, our instruction is to redeem the time. So in other words, take the time and use it for God. Take it and and, and make use of it Uh, because the days are evil. There's plenty of evil. There's plenty of things that we have to deal with with evil. But he says, redeem the time. Now, that word time, the original word is keros, which we translate time and can also be translated as opportunity. Uh, Time equals opportunity. And if we could just catch this glimpse this morning that your time here on earth is an opportunity that God has given you to impact your family, to impact those around you, to, uh, to make an impact for God. When we're gone to heaven, we won't be able to impact anymore. We're gonna be on his team. We'll be, we'll be doing what he wants us to do up there. Right now, you're on his team. And he's saying, I want you, you know, it's like the quarterbacks telling you to, to go downfield and wanna throw you the ball. Uh, he, he has a plan. He says, during this time, this time is an opportunity. Galatians 4.4 says that Jesus came, God the Father sent Jesus at just the right time. There was an opportunity at the right opportunity. The, uh, it gives the, the idea here is the opportune time. It comes from like the, the idea of a, a, a ship when a ship was coming in with the sails. You know, today a ship can just pull in and, and uh, everything's motorized. But when it was in the days of sail, the ship would have to wait for just the right time for the right opportunity to, fly, to, to sail in to shore. I want you to think about your life as that because the time that we have here is an opportunity. And you have an opportunity to, to make a difference. You have an opportunity to redeem the time. Therefore, do not be unwise. Therefore, don't waste your life on foolish living. Therefore, go out and invest in the things of God. Invest in people. I wonder what our time, what our life would look like if we were redeeming the time, if you were coming and you could look at your schedule and you were going to redeem the time, uh, you know, as, as we said there, we, we look at that time and you look at the hours and the minutes that you have, one of the greatest tools that you have to help you is your calendar. Maybe use a Google calendar, maybe use a, a written calendar. I remember the, the day timer was a big thing back in the day. Uh, but, you know, you, you hear plenty of people talk about uh, time management. But I'm talking about using your time, making some priorities, setting some priorities for what is important in your life. So let, let me give you a, a couple thoughts here. What, what could you put on here? What could go on here that would make a big change in your life? And, uh, and the first one I'll put on here is, uh, let, let's just say, we'll just randomly pick Tuesday. We'll put, uh, we, we could call that date night. Uh, this could be the night that you go out with your wife, with your spouse, and, and you're, 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 you're having a date night. And if you put that on your counter, that that's the time that you're going to focus in on your wife and on your spouse, man, what a, what a great time. Because you will take and make a slow change. You know, it's, it's like there's a, there's a few people in our church that they were in a, uh, in, in, a, in a job that they did not like, a career that they did not like, and, and they began to take a class. They said, they, I talked to the one person. They said that they started going to school so that they could become a teacher. They came over and they put the word class on there. They went to school. And it was one night a week. But that one night a week that they kept going week in and week out, week in and week out, they started going and slowly they finally got a degree and they made a major change in their life because they felt God was directing them that way. Uh, there was a number of things, but they took and they redeemed the time. And I'll never forget when this person told me that they were going to do that. I, I really said, wow, I, you know, when you hear somebody that's in their adult life make that big of a change, to, uh, to start, go back and go back to college, to be the, the older person in college. And they went back and their life has been changed drastically. Why? Because they were redeeming the time. I want you to think about your relationship with God. If, if you could take the time, at, you know, tomorrow morning, if you could take some time tomorrow and redeem some time, And come here and you put it on and you you take it and you write it on your calendar. You're not erasing this. This is like, I am putting this on. Come over here and just, just give God 15 minutes. If you put 15 minutes with God right there, you mean you couldn't set the alarm clock for 15 more minutes to let the God of the universe talk to you? to just be in his presence and soak it in. I, I, you know, we have the Bible reading programs out there. I, I encourage you to please take those and, and use those as tools. But listen, if we can just get to the point where I can shut out all the... Last week we talked about comfort, uh, being, being conformed to the world. If we could shut out the whole world for 15 minutes and say, God, my cell phone is off. My iPad is off. Nobody else is going to get me. This is me and you, God. I want to hear from you. Do you know what would happen in your life? 15 minutes? Maybe you could go to 30 minutes. Uh, If you you could take 30 minutes a day. Imagine what God would do. In the Psalms, he says, morning, evening, and noon, I will pray unto the Lord. I, but why it was it was on their schedule they put it on their calendar if we could just do that you know maybe it's in the morning maybe for you it's in the evening but but put it on your calendar and and don't say i'll get to there if i have enough energy if you put it on and you say i'll get to it if i have enough energy let me tell you you'll never have enough energy because i know i have other things in my life i need to get to where i have the energy and i never have enough energy so there's some other areas that I'm putting onto my calendar. I'm saying I'm going to transform. I'm going to redeem the time in my life because, man, I'm going to be 49 this summer. Man, I'd like to do, I'd like to do a lot more 5Ks. I'd like, to, you know, one day wouldn't it be cool if I could, if I could do the marathon? And I'm not talking about eating a marathon bar. I'm talking about, you know, maybe maybe I could walk a marathon. I I, I just think, man, you know what, I'm 49 years old. Is it too late that I can't do that? No. You know what it takes? It's going to take little things and put this in and start to redeem the time. You're here. God didn't put you here to just live foolishly and waste your time. And here's what's really exciting. Redeem the time. You may be looking here today and you say, man, I have a lot of foolishness in my past. Jesus came to redeem you so that you can make wise use of your time now. He redeemed you so that you could worship him, so that you could honor him, and that with your time, you can worship him. And so you may, you may look at something as recent as yesterday, and you say, man, I am so messed up over that. May I encourage you, don't be messed up over that, because God's not messed up. God says, I love you, and I want you to come and follow me. Let's go. Come before him, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins before the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He clears the slate. He says, come on, let's go. I was just with a, a few guys this week and they said, I can't believe that God had this moment in time for us right here tonight. They were, they were sitting there, we were talking about the things of God and they said, we just can't believe, we're so excited because God is moving in our life. And these are young men in our church. And they said, God is moving in our life and we are so excited that God had an appointment for us right here, right now. And I wanna encourage you to do the same. If we could live life and just start to say, wow, God, you're, you're meeting me, you're talking to me and, and listen to him, put him on your schedule. How about on the weekend, our weekend gatherings? You guys are here today. It's wonderful. Um, you're here most times. I love it. But You know why? You know why we do that? We're here because we put it on our calendar. And I, I put, I'm going to call that worship. I'm going to just put worship gathering. Uh, you know what? When, when we gather, we're, the Scripture says where two or three are gathered together in my name. You see, that's what we do here. We gather Two or three, there's a lot more than two or three of us in there. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst. God is here. And God does something supernatural, something special when the church gathers. And so if I can put it on my schedule, why should I put that on my schedule? Why? I, I, now, let me share this with you. I, I have it on, obviously. It's an in ink. I can't get it off, right? If I'm not here, it's not a good thing. I want you to put it in ink too. Why? because jesus did jesus did look, look here um first of all mark 135 talking about the the early time all Right, Mark 135 very early in the morning while it was still dark jesus got up he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed he took that time he took that opportunity to meet with the father and i want to encourage you to take that time that opportunity to meet with the father I look over here at at, 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 um, Luke 4.16, talking about weekend worship. Jesus went to worship on the weekends. Look at this. He went to Nazareth, Luke 4.16, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom, as he did on a regular basis. Why do I need to be here? Because Jesus set the example that's why I come. That's why you come because Jesus set the example. And if we can understand this, you know, there are so many times that, that we can look and we, we can just get overwhelmed with life and scheduling and all these things. And if we don't put this down as our priority, we don't put this meeting with God as priority. How about small groups, getting into a life group, right? Uh, getting into a life group. If you get into a life group, you get even more where you're connecting with the family of God if we don't put them down as this is what we're doing, then we won't do it. I know there's a few areas in my life that I haven't put on my calendar. And I'm putting some new areas of my life on my calendar. And I'm saying, okay, God, I'm going to redeem the time because you're God. You see, let me tell you what happens here. Week in and week out, God is moving here at this church. And if you... If you're not there, sometimes you're missing what God's doing. Just think about that. I know we can't always be here. You've got to go on vacation. You've got to do other things, I understand. But as a general practice, when we're here, guess what? The Holy Spirit's moving. He's talking, and there's messages that He has. He, he's speaking to you. Sometimes I hear people tell me, "Man, a uh, lady left here this morning. She said, man, God spoke to me in the second song today. Thank you for church today. I said, amen. That's what we want. I want want you to be encouraged. How about another reason to come is to be encouraged. Do you know that it's not just about you? It's not just about what you're getting. You come to give. Come to give a blessing. Come put that servant's towel on your arm and give a blessing to somebody else. Just being here, meeting somebody. I want to encourage community in our church because as we do that, we see more and more the reason to come. Why are we here? Because this is who God is. I want to encourage you to redeem the time. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, the way that you redeem the time, first of all, is to think about the end in mind. And, and Jesus thought about the end of mine when he went to the cross. He came to the cross and he paid for your sin. And he came back to life again so that you might have eternal life. And if you're sitting here and you say, Ken, I need to, I need to get serious about a relationship with God. I need him in my life. I want to invite you to start that relationship here today. Just pray a prayer something like this to God. Dear God... I know that I'm a sinner I've done wrong things I need a savior today you stepped into time and you paid for my sin on the cross you came back to life again and I invite you into my heart and for others in this place this morning would you Respond to the Lord. Would you respond? Maybe there's some things that God wants you to add on to your calendar. Maybe there's some things that God wants you to take off. What are the priorities that God is speaking to you about? Because we are finite. Our life is short. But God is eternal. And thanks be to God for the way that he loves us. He cares for us. He accepts us as how we are. And yet he doesn't want us to stay that way. He wants to give you new life. He makes you a new creature in Christ. I want to encourage you to reset your clock. Reset your calendar. Reset your schedule. With Christ in mind. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in this place. I pray for those in here today, the Lord, that opened their heart and made a decision for you. God, I thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for these rich words from Moses. Teach us to number our days. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Your love is devoted, like a ring of solid gold, like a vow that is tested. Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring Through the winter rain And beyond the horizon With mercy for today Faithful you have been And faithful you will be You pledge yourself to me that's why I say your praise will ever be on mine. My... Would you stand with us, please? Every be on my lips praise, praise Jesus. will ever be on